Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate wickedly smart women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Lorraine Van Tool. Lorraine is a PhD, CHT, licensed clinical psychologist and shamanic eco-psychologist, and she spent her childhood in Suriname during a military coup, has written an award-winning autobiography. Her latest book, Soul Authority, came out in April of 2022, and I am so delighted to have you here with me today, Lorraine. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's such a treat for me as well. So I feel inspired to start our time together actually talking about your childhood in Suriname. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly during a military. Suriname. Suriname. Okay, Mm -hmm. Suriname. All right. All right. So for those of our listeners who have no idea where Suriname is, can you orient us first? And secondly, I'd love to have you speak about what it was like to spend your childhood there during that time. Suriname is right above Brazil. It's considered one of the three Guyanas, used to be Dutch Guyana. And it's also considered to be the most tree-covered country in the world. So I hid in the rainforest a lot. It's covered primarily by Amazon rainforest. And as a sensitive young person, I just knew that's where I would find my safety. And I started at a young age imagining or thinking I was Mowgli and uh, talking to animals and talking to nature spirits and very intuitive. Of course, I did not know this about myself. Only later did I find out that I was bringing a lot of information and wisdom from a previous life or previous lives and dimensions into this life. And as I roamed the rainforest, I already had ideas that I was going to write a parenting book to tell the parents what was really going on in the, in the minds of children. So I would connect to guides. And my mother was an academic. My mother was a principal of a junior high. And we butt heads a lot for being much more rigid in her thinking. And so some of my guides were also from the books I read. So I had Anne Frank and Helen Keller and Joan of Arc. And these were all premonitions you know, letting me know that there is such a thing as a young girl, female leader, and such a thing as being clear cognizant or sentient, which is what I'm mostly. And also that you could hide and maintain your soul authority and disconnect from parents or people in authority, even though that was not the norm, and save your wisdom, share it later, such as Anne Frank did. So these young women were giving me some idea of what my life could be like and gave me some idea what was ahead of me. So they helped me tremendously cope. Mm, All right. So there's a lot to unpack there, (laughs) Lorraine. So the first thing I want to talk about is this idea of 
as a child, you stepped into your own soul authority and took yourself out of mm-hmm. parental authority. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, I think for so many people, we go unconscious around authority in general. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our parents are our first, first authorities. But if we don't have a good relationship with our own soul, we can tend to give our power away to other authorities. So I'd love to hear like the experience of just saying, mm. no, I'm going out into the, to the rainforest and, mm. and literally detaching mm-hmm. from the parental authority. I, I think you nailed it on the head. I think this double bind that causes so much mental disorder, distress has to do with needing to choose, which Gabor Mate, one of my favorite psychiatrists, teaches and says is often our dilemma. We need to choose between being authentic or being attached. And when I was a child, this was no easy feat. I was having recurring nightmares actually of being chased. And in one of them, it was, I would say, less terrorizing than somewhat amusing because I think in my dreams, I was already sort of playing with darkness. Uh, I was some kind of martial artist. But in any event, in one of my dreams, I was killed. And I remember thinking in my dream even that, whoa, if you're dead, I heard somewhere, if you get killed in a dream, you're really dead. And I commanded myself to get up in the dream and I did get up. And I also had another dream. Like I said, I would connect to nature guides. And in one of the dreams, I was feeling like a tree and all the the lianas around me were strangling me and it represented all this social suffocation and pressure and I cut the lianas and separated myself and felt like I could connect with the trees and other trees around me through the root level so This was like my soul guiding me. In waking life, however, I was bumping heads with my parents, especially my mom all the time. And she was very authoritative. And I remember at one point being so furious. She was telling me I was so headstrong and she was just trying to impart some knowledge. I was kind of like a blind person on a on a mountain and did not know what was ahead and so on and so forth. And I said, I would rather die. I don't want to live a life that is paved for me. And there were other times where I threatened to run away and hide in the rainforest. And she just looked me straight in the eye and says, what's stopping you? Go ahead. And there was just no way that I would be able to compete with her. And so that's when I decided to retreat and work more with my guides, but it was no easy feat. It was very conflictual, stormy all the time. And only when I did this and came to this resolution with the help of my guides, was I able to find some peace. And these dreams also happened, of course, that helped me to understand the ego and ego death and fears and survival and all that we project onto the parents as providing for us. So I allowed them to provide for me physically, but spiritually I had my other sources. Oh, beautiful. All right. Well, you know, I also would imagine for your parents as you were a child and they were, you know, they themselves were living through a military coup. There was probably Mm -hmm. a lot of 
fear mm-hmm. that was just, you know, endemic in the culture in addition to in your family. And I think a lot of times when people are activated, when the fear is activated, mm. many people want some outside authority to say, mm. hey, do this, right? And so I'd love to talk about the distinction between outside authority in the physical world and guidance from the spiritual world. Mm-hmm. I got to say, the coup did not happen till I was 10. And it, it wasn't a utopia by no means in Suriname. But Suriname is also considered one of the most harmonious, peaceful countries with so many different cultures, ancient and newer all working together and living in harmony. So that was happening. But my mother, it being such a multi-dimensional, multicultural society, had lived in Holland and Europe for seven years. So she brought some of the very Western ideas. And of course, there has been ancestral trauma and all kinds of trauma. So she had her way of dealing with life and, and sometimes it being quite rigid. It was her strength and also her weakness. Now, in terms of outside authority, she was very... I would say attuned to what this outside authority was. And as a principal also could be very dictating of you do this, you follow this regimen, you study this way, you do this, and you're going to succeed as she did as a young woman who left the country, which was very unusual at that time and got her degree. So in terms of how that butt heads, I, I remember one of the things, my, my dear mom is no longer with me and we really did reconcile and came, you know, to such beautiful harmony and and alignment later in life. But as a young child, there's a Dutch word, it's Dutch is the the first language we speak there. There's a Dutch word, which is eigen ways, that means own wisdom. And it's used in two ways. You are driving me absolutely crazy. You're so stubborn. You're so eigen ways, or it's kind of used as eigen ways, like, oh my gosh, you know, I, you are like something else. You are following your own wisdom and what is going on. So my mother, she was a feminist. She was a very powerful, inspirational woman as well. So as much as we butted head, she also budged and she also reflected when she thought I wasn't just being headstrong. I was following some inner wisdom that was just such a pain in the head, but, <laughs> but that she also appreciated. And that caused me later to not just discern between the power within and the power without, but power within the self, what's trauma, what's truth, what's ego, what's soul, what is heart and and what's hurt and and love and fear and and discern. Later, it was even indigo when I read about the indigo children and ego. So I would say my tools and what I offer, you know, my clients and people is how to make all those discernments and what we often adopt or perhaps internalized in terms of the powers and authority outside of us, it tends to be imposed and it tends to be a bit trauma related because we need to do these things as we talked about to stay attached because there is no room for us to be authentic in those spaces. So it's, it's a quite complex and layered process, but that's, that's how I did it. 
All right. Well, I'm, I think we're going to take a quick break now, because if I ask you another question, we're going to go over the break time. So I'm going to take a quick break now. But when we come back, we're going to talk even more about soul authority and about how you help your clients. But right now, Wickedly Smart Women, we could use your help. If you are enjoying the show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. Help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so we can serve them too. I do want to say a huge thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. I got to see if Suriname is on the list. And Mm. if it's not, we got to get it on the list. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to shout out to our listeners in Ghana. We're going to shout out to our listeners in Denmark. And I am not seeing Suriname right now. So we will also shout out to our listeners in Germany. And we will be right back with Lorraine Bantul. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by Women in Transition, Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your wealthy life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Lorraine Van Tool. You can actually find out more about Lorraine at www.thesacredhealingwell.com forward slash soul sanctuary meditation and use capital S's. We'll have that for you in the show notes. So Lorraine, why don't you tell our listeners, what are they going to find when they do that? When they go to the sacredhealingwell.com forward slash soul sanctuary meditation. Well, the people I work with, I call them mother trees. I call them my redwoods because I felt myself the redwoods referring to the sense of fear and, and terror and extinction and the mother trees of being aware of how much we have to offer. And so these are sensitive people with extrasensory gifts. And I feel one of the biggest challenge is understanding that they're, they're impacted by so many bleed throughs, not just by the people around them, but from ancestors, from dimensions. And so having a practice where you're able to retreat And I spell retreat, T-R-E-E-T, because while I feel like it's super important to go out in nature, I really suffered myself from nature deficit after moving from Suriname to the concrete jungles of Miami at the age of almost 14. So I 
do honor that. I do highly encourage people to go out in nature. However, we're probably 80, 90% of the time stuck inside. And what do you do then? So this retreating practice that they will find out more about and I'll help them set up allows you to go into an inner sanctuary through your heart center. And the retreating has to do with the first step, which is leaning against the back of your chair or wall or wherever you're at and feeling this supportive, all-encompassing tree having your back. And it's connecting you right away to something bigger than yourself, to the above, to the below, and to cycles and seasons. And from then on, you can also learn how to connect to the elements, air, fire, earth, and water to do the most important things, which is to expand the stories and false ideas to set limits with ways in which you've been possibly oppressed. And as earth has your back, you set alchemy action steps and you take those steps and with water, you cleanse and clear what has been stuck in terms of your emotional field. So that's what they'll find. Diagram how to do that and a 10 minute meditation as well that guides them through that. Beautiful. All right. Well, before we went to the break, we were talking about this difference between outer authority and soul authority. So now on this side, I really want to go even deeper into Mm. not only soul authority, but also this relationship building Mm. that from my perspective has been important for me in my own journey. And from what I'm hearing from you, sounds like it has also been important in your journey. So I want to talk a little bit first about this relationship building with the guide team Mm. that allows us to be guided Mm. while maintaining our sovereignty. Can we Mm. talk about that? Yes, absolutely. I love working with elemental guides. I was trained as a shamanic practitioner. And what I discovered was that when people just open up to any guides, the ego was so powerful that they would sometimes even fire the guides or not want to listen to the guides, or they would say things like, I cannot access any guides. They would have all kinds of doubts and questions. So by working with the elemental guides, I see that as a system of checks and balances, meaning if you're out in nature and you have your compass or GPS or whatever fancy tool, and you're going around in circles and you know that because of the way the sun is shining and the river is running and some other the mountain range being on this side and then suddenly on some other side you have an idea of whether or not you're moving in the right direction you have a system of checks and balances and so when I was actually in graduate school clinical psychology where we do a lot of self-diagnoses and I was so confident about myself, I thought I was having some kind of grandiose delusions. I was really worried about that because I had no system of checks and balances. And I was in a double bind because the more confident I got, the more I was having trouble with everybody around me, which is classic for a pers- somebody with a, pers- a personality disorder. So I had to come up with some system of checks and balances, which the elements do, and they're accessible to everybody where I go really far out, look at the big picture, really work with my own personal warming signals to see where I'm not setting the boundaries, where I ground deeply so that I can really feel what's happening in the body, and I emote and make sure that's clear. So that's how I 
work with my guides. And once that is set up and other people's guides, I expand on that team. Not that everybody needs to fit in those categories, but I make sure that every base is covered so that I don't get people with lopsided guides because that has happened to me. I meaning teams of guides only in the air department and never grounding or never going to fire because they want to have everything happen really pretty and never set limits. So that is what has worked for me and the many people I've worked with. Oh, beautiful. So you and I could actually spend hours talking (laughs) together. And I love that you have both created for yourself as well as for your clients, a very accessible system of checks and balances where it's depersonalized, where a lot of times people do end up with guides that are like all in the upstairs and mm. not, none or maybe all in the in the lower world, too. You know, mm. so I love that you are making it accessible for everyone. So I want to in the last few minutes that we have, there's two things that I'd like to dive into. One is this idea about being a shamanic echo psychologist and kind of married to that, what I heard is that your clients are mother trees. So if you could talk a little bit more about what that means and what that looks like and how you are are making that marriage happen within your own practice to help your clients. Mm. So I'll start with my clients and what it means to be mother trees. They're really transformational leaders, change leaders, trailblazers. You can also call them consciousness pioneers, nature levels, and and they tend to be in fields such as holistic healing, the arts, humanities, medicine, energy, those kinds of fields, and really wanting to make a difference. So I'm often a leader of leaders or healer of healers, as I heard you mention before, and I empower them with nature wisdom tools. And I do a lot of ego echo system alignment, meaning their egos get to align with their own private ecosystem, their own mini earth using the tree and using the elements. So they get to connect to how these elements move within themselves as their air, as their heat, as their bones and cells and their fluids and tears and all of that. So they start to understand how they operate as a mini earth. And that's the echo part, and then make sure the ego and the echo are in alignment and supporting one another. So that's how it all comes together and how they stand and and embrace and embody their fullest soul authority to do the work they need to do. Beautiful. All right. So in the last few minutes, we have the other piece that, I mean, we could probably do a whole episode on this, but... (laughs) other piece that really caught my attention was this idea of bleed throughs Mm. that those beings who are here to be the mother trees, those beings who are here to be the conscious leaders and pioneers that you talked about them experiencing those bleed throughs. So I'd love to have you speak a little bit more about that because that's the first time I've actually heard that Mm -hmm. word. But as soon as you said it, it was like, Mm -hmm. oh, ding, ding, ding. Of course there's bleed throughs. So let's talk a little bit about that. 
I for sure could do an hour on this, but I'm going to <laughs> narrow it down to the one major bleed throughs, especially for women, especially for powerful women like this, which is the persecution bleed through. And the persecution bleed through already happened when I was a child and worries and my mission being aborted because I could be killed and understanding that I cannot be killed, that I'm here. It's like a relay race or a book with many chapters and that we're here for the next chapter will help to separate that. And through regression and past life work, I was able to finalize or, or clear that and make sure that those fears did not trump and did not affect the work I needed to do now. So there's many bleed throughs through our ancestral lines, through past lives from other dimensions. But a lot of the work is around the fire, the boundary setting and pushing that far enough so that you can then get into the soupy, messy, smelly, dirty mess of the composting. And so it's it's in that cycle, you know, a lot of people have that big picture understanding, but they can't ground and they can't grieve and they can't do all these things because they need to go further with fire and push the boundaries out further and really disintegrate things with that heat that transforms. And once things are disintegrated, you have that beautiful soil and you don't have flash floods and you can hold your emotions and you can create something new and fertile. So those are the bleed throughs. This, this, what I'm talking about has been a problem for many, many generations. Mm where there was not enough support in terms of acknowledging the trauma and the oppression and what to do with that and how to hold that and clear that and heal that for the descendants in the next generation. So we retroactively need to do a lot of that clearing. Mm, yeah, well, and I would I would be willing to posit that the mother trees mm. who are here, and I probably am going to raise my hand on that one. <laughs> are really here to clear the roots so mm -hmm. that the shoots are able to thrive and don't have to do this work in the next, you know, seven generations. Exactly. Yeah. And so in your closing minute or so, Lorraine, I'd love to know if you see, you know, seven generations, how well we have done the work. <laughs> It's going to be a mixed bag. I believe that we need to energize it. We are not completely in control of how it will, what will happen. But if we let fear run, we're going to energize an, another vision. So I'm not concerned or know exactly what it's going to look like in seven generations, but it could be all that we want it to be, including a complete breakdown and, and composting of so many other things that are not going to look pretty. But I know what I'm here to energize, mm. which is that rebirth and that reemergence. I love that. I know what I am here to energize. And I would say that we are deep in composting already. And yeah. if you, all you have to do is look around for five minutes and see all the places and spaces where what's not serving anymore is being dismantled. So, mm. well, Lorena, I want to thank you so much for the work that you do in the world. I want to thank you so much for your bringing it into simplicity and tangibility and accessibility for the people that you work with. 
And I want to thank all of our listeners as well for tuning in. Listeners, we love feedback. Please do let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We will have that number for you in the show notes, or you can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wikilysmartwomen.com. I do want to encourage you to go to the sacredhealingwell.com forward slash soul sanctuary meditation. Again, we'll have that for you in the show notes. And certainly feel free to check out Lorraine's book, Soul Authority, and maybe access that for yourself so that you can get started down this path into the work of the sacred healing well. And we do want to thank you for tuning in, invite you to keep your ears open, and remember that you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.